Hey, what is up? Welcome to Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. Hey, you guys, I am joined today by Canadian professional wrestler, by the brightest light in the room, Danny Leo. How you doing, Danny? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Hell yeah. Me too. Me too. So how's it going in Canada? It's winter time. Is it super cold there right now? Yeah, honestly, like, it's horrible. The snow has been piling up like crazy. I live kind of like not so much in the city. So we've lost power a couple times. Wow. Yeah, so the winds have been crazy. But at the end of the day, like, I've been here all my life. So it's like you get used to it. That's cool. I'm super spoiled because I'm from California. And I don't even really know what snow is like. Oh, that's so lucky. <laughs> it is. But honestly, I also, like, I probably missed out on a lot of fun snowball fights. I mean, yeah, like, I, I feel like if I moved away, like, especially California, that's a place where I'm always like, oh, I'd love to live there. But I feel I would miss the snow eventually. It is fun. But I mean, it's a lot of work, the shoveling, like, it's it's oh, a lot. Yeah, I can imagine just having to shovel your driveway. That's crazy. That's, that's yeah. absolutely crazy. Uh, and I see videos of people like falling down on the ice and things like that. I can, I can. I can oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's actually really icy this year. Like we we have like different winters every year, you know, sometimes it's more cold, sometimes it's more snow this year. It's like an, it's an icy one for sure. Wow. So yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Freeze over over there in in Montreal. Are you, are you from Montreal, born and raised? Um, I actually was born in Toronto in uh, a little town called Etobicoke. And we moved here when I was three, so I was really raised in Quebec. But yeah, I wasn't born here. I was born in Toronto. That's cool. But you've been in Canada your whole life. Oh yeah, for sure. How long, Canadian uh, to the core. <laughs> how long have you been? Uh, how long have you been wrestling? Um, I actually. So it's kind of weird. I started training um, in 2019, like right before the pandemic. Oh wow. Yeah, so I started training and then it was very because the gyms would close down and then they would open. And so I didn't really get to get my full like training experience, so to speak, right away. I felt like I kind of had like a lot of time taken away from me in that sense. Um, So every time someone asks me, like, when did you really start training? I always just refer to like when I started training after the pandemic, really which I would say like February of this year is when I really started wrestling training. When I started at IWS, I'd say like that's when my wrestling focused training really started. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, if you're trying to train during the pandemic, it's really hard because people can't be together in the same room and uh, wrestling is kind of something that's more hands-on physical you gotta yeah. be with people and you got to, you know, learn what you're doing. That's crazy. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah, I mean, we we tried, we tried to do like the, you know, distancing thing, but it was more like, um, and I wasn't at IWS at this point, I was at another school, but it was just like a lot of like getting into shape things instead of wrestling focused things. Because like you said, wrestling is hands on, you have to, like, there's going to be physical contact. So with the pandemic, yeah, it just, it wasn't an option, really. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Well, let's get more into that in a little bit, but let's go back a little bit. Um, how how did you uh, fall in love with wrestling? How did that uh, present itself to your life? So that that's actually crazy because I 
I can't really tell you when it was because it was for as long as I can remember wrestling has been on in the background in my household like my my dad and my uncle were always watching it eating pizza on the weekends you know watching <laughs> wrestling so it, it's been like the most constant thing in my life um I also know like my grandfather was a amateur like mat wrestler so growing up like we just heard oh my grandfather's a wrestler so we assumed what we were seeing on tv is what he was doing <laughs> and he, he never bothered to correct us because we just were so excited we were like oh my god like grandfather you used to do what like stone cold does and he was like yeah whatever you know so he's like yeah i, I feel like is, but okay <laughs> yeah exactly so it's just like we were so excited about it that he just like kind of was like what yeah whatever you know he wasn't necessarily lying to us but he just like let us believe the fantasy so to speak oh that's fun, and man. so yeah and so when i when i when i grew up enough to really understand oh what he was doing was different it's still wrestling but it's different um by that point it's like it was already too late like this was already part of my identity i was like wrestling is in my blood and so it didn't matter anymore that this wasn't what he was doing. This was already part of me. And I, I couldn't really, um, cause I, my grandfather, like he was undefeated, you know? So it was, it just became oh. this big, it just became this big part of my identity. Like, oh my God, like I'm the granddaughter of this undefeated wrestler, you know? So what, even if it was like a little different than what I understood it to be when I was a child, I was just too hooked, you know, like my whole family was, I feel like, you know, my cousins and stuff, they eventually grew out of it and everyone was waiting for me to grow out of it. And I just, <laughs> it just never happened. <laughs> so yeah, as far as like falling in love with it, I, 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 I couldn't really like tell you an exact moment, but I do know that Lita was like the first, like, person that made a huge impact on me okay nice yeah um, i i was gonna say i think you could probably you know a lot of people were like i'm a second generation wrestler my dad was a professional wrestler whatever uh you could kind of work uh being a next generation amateur wrestler into a into a gimmick someday i think that'd be pretty fun yeah honestly i really because my grandfather is no longer with us and i i sometimes i'm like oh i really wish that i would have like learned more like amateur style stuff from him because i think that that really would have been cool to work into my gimmick so like i don't know i could always still learn even though it's not from him but yeah that would be really cool actually yeah kind of way to honor him that's super cool yeah for sure i would love so, to do that uh your dad and your uncle were big into wrestling who i you said lita but who are some of the other wrestlers you remember just like growing up that your dad and your uncle were watching and eating pizza with I mean, my dad still talks about like Hulk Hogan <laughs> and like, you know, like those guys, this is before I was born even obviously, but um, yeah. from when I was born, um, John Cena, The Rock, you know, like the bigger like stars, like my dad loved John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold. I was always big on Triple H. He was my favorite guy, um, Shawn Michaels. I mean really just everyone honestly like we were just genuine hardcore wrestling fans like all the time that's awesome uh how yeah uh, how did you find out because i guess you said that you know you uh you, you thought your grandfather was a big pro wrestling star and then you found out that it wasn't that kind of wrestling like how did you find that out and how did you feel about that when you when you did um 
I think like, as I just grew older, I just kind of realized like, okay, the stories, cause we would hear stories. Cause like I said, he was this undefeated um, wrestler in his little village. And <laughs> yeah, and that's Hold what it was. Real. And people, yeah, he was, he was like this local hero and people would like come in to challenge him, Wow, you know, to be like, oh, like, I, like they would like, literally come to where he is to his little city and try to challenge him so it was like this big thing and I would always hear stories about like fights that he had and eventually I realized I'm like these stories aren't taking place in a ring like this isn't you know this isn't like the high-flying stuff that I'm seeing on tv like this is different and I I it didn't it didn't like really hurt me in that way like like I said I was already too deep in love with wrestling (laughs) yeah and like pro wrestling and like there was there's still there's guys like Kurt Angle and stuff that have transitioned from that type of wrestling to this type of wrestling so it didn't really make a difference to me if anything I was looking at guys like Kurt Angle a little bit more you know like oh so this is the kind of stuff that my grandfather did you know and just trying to understand like what my history is a little more yeah that's cool I don't know if you know uh Dolph Ziggler uh, it has the biggest winning streak at Kent State as an amateur wrestler. Oh, I yeah, no, I didn't the, know that. The biggest names of all time uh, to come out of there. So yeah, he's another one that that transitioned. And I feel like um, you know, going from that kind of wrestling to this kind of wrestling is is uh, it's it just gives him an advantage. I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For sure. Cool. Yeah. So when at what point did you realize that this is something that you wanted to do? I think, so this is, this is kind of weird too, because obviously like being a girl and I grew up on the attitude era, like that was the era that I was growing up on. So there wasn't really a lot of women to look to and be like, oh, this is something that I can do. You know, there was nobody there to like represent what I wanted to be. Um, So for, and also like being a woman of color and being from a certain culture like being an athlete as a woman was definitely not encouraged so I feel like for a long time it was this thought in the back of my head but it was really suppressed you know like I I I tried not to think about it I was like oh like this isn't who I'm meant to be just because everybody was telling me that that's not what I'm meant to be um but I actually remember I took this creative writing class in high school and we were, we had to write about like this very specific memory that we have in our head. That's like really impactful to our lives. And I remember I wrote about something about wrestling, like watching wrestling and how that impacted me and the specific memory of like seeing Lita for the first time. And my teacher actually wrote on my paper. She's like, why don't you become a wrestler? Wow. And that was like that was like the first time someone kind of like threw that in my face and really like made me confront something that I was suppressing the whole time because I always wanted to but I I felt like I wasn't even like allowed to say it out loud. Yeah. So this was like the first yourself. time. Yeah. yeah. So it's like this was the first time someone like said it out loud and like made me confront it and I'm like I I don't know why like I don't know why I'm not doing it. And it, it, it like led me down this path of like realizing like, oh shit, like I'm 
I really do want to do this. And I'm suppressing this because the world is telling me like, I need to be a certain way. And how long really can you go through life being someone that you're not like, it's just not a realistic way to live. So I think that was, that was the beginning of me um, confronting that. And as time went on, obviously women's wrestling changed and seeing that like really, really lit a fire in me. Like, especially I don't have any direct representation as far as I know, like as an Indo-Aryan woman of this specific culture, but seeing like Sasha Banks, you know, like who's a naturally smaller girl, who's a woman of color and just being one of the best, like that kind of stuff, like representation really matters because seeing her, even though she doesn't directly like look like me just the fact that she kind of looks like me lit such a fire in me that I'm like I need to go do this and that's so important to see someone to see yourself in someone yeah that's incredible yeah so I I mean that's 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 my goal now you know like I just really want to be able to be that for someone else you know like have someone see me and be like oh Maybe it's okay for me to go out and try this. Maybe it's okay for me to like be myself. And that's why I think Lita resonated with so many people too, right? Because she was different in this era of like the blonde, sexy diva. And we were like, oh, she's like, again, Lita doesn't directly represent who I am, but she resonated with me just because she was different. Yeah, right. She was definitely against the grain. Yeah, so it's like that. I just think that's really, really important for people to see people like themselves on TV and in in these fields that you don't necessarily see a lot of diversity in, or you didn't. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And then, especially for you, like you said, being a woman of color, you know, and then you don't see a lot of that in the in the nineties, and then. Uh, Sasha Banks is a real a real good representation for that I think because she she was part of um, what really brought the women's empowerment to the forefront you know those four women really kind of brought a lot of attention to women's wrestling yeah for sure I could definitely see you know the shift in people um, of like looking at women like oh they're just pretty girls into oh damn I really want to see this match yeah. So I agree. Like I like even like I said, my family watches wrestling. I see that in my brother and my father. Like they genuinely want to see Charlotte's next match. They genuinely want to see what's going on in the women's division now. And it's because of these women, you know? So that's it's like such a cool change to see from when I was a kid. Yeah, they went from brawn panty matches to like legit Royal Rumbles and War Games matches. Yeah, like it, it's it's unbelievable, you know? But then it it like I said, like for me, it was something that I wouldn't even think about. I wouldn't even allow myself to think about. But now it's like there's little girls that are seeing that that are like, hey, I could be in a Royal Rumble. And it's like yeah. a totally real possibility. Like that was not even a thing that you thought about really when I was a kid. No, no. You know, in those days, you know, the Attitude Era days, early 2000s, uh, every, every, you know, once every couple of years, you'll get a woman in the Rumble. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this little spot, you know, it's not yeah, like it's a novelty this spot. legitimate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what did you, uh, how did you go like the idea to start pursuing it? Where, where did that start to come from? Once you got the bug in your ear that you wanted to do it? 
Um, I I remember the specific match actually that I watched that I was like, okay, I need to do this. It was um Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at an NXT takeover. I don't remember exactly which one, but it was it was a championship match and I still remember like the theme song of the pay-per-view, but <laughs> I don't remember exactly like I think it was NXT Unstoppable if I'm not mistaken, but that match came on and I kid you not in like the span of 12 hours I rewatched it like four times and it kept making me cry. <laughs> I literally was in tears because it was so beautiful to me. It was like like we were saying like it was not any semblance to like a bra and panties. Oh, look at these pretty it was such a good wrestling match. There was so much emotion, so much storytelling. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is triggering something in me. Obviously, that's it's making me cry. Like it, it's beautiful. It was making me cry because it was so beautiful. Like seeing a painting or hearing a song that's that just moves you. It was moving me. And I'm like, this is I have to try. Not only is it like beautiful, but here's this woman who, like I said, looks like me. She's small like me. She's a woman of color like me. Like, and she's doing it. She's telling these stories just like the men do. She's triggering these emotions in me. Like, why am I sitting here on my couch not doing this? There's no reason anymore, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, how did, how did uh, your family feel? Cause you know, your dad, uh, you said was a big fan of pro wrestling, but then at the same time, you have all these factors against you, right? You're you're yeah. little, you you're a woman of color, like all these things going against you. Was he supportive? Did he? Um, how was how did that go? Um. So I uh, know actually. People <laughs> <laughs> don't family, want their kids to you know get hurt out there. I, that's that's exactly. He's always like, I only have one daughter. I don't have one to spare. Like if something happens to you. <laughs> Like, that's it. If only that's how the world worked, right? Oh, I got yeah. two daughters. One can live a dangerous life, and the other one can just live at home with me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I know, like, I know what he means, you know? Like, he yeah. just, he's like, I, I, it's, it's not something I can afford to risk, you know? You're my child. Right. right. And there's a lot, there's a lot of risk because for all the, the Becky Lynch's and the Sasha Banks, as you see, there's a lot of people who like, look at Noelle Foley, right? Mick Foley's daughter. She tried to become a wrestler and she got a career ending concussion before she even got started. And now she's still dealing with it. Was it from wrestling or I heard it was like, she went on a roller coaster. Really? I don't know. I thought it was wrestling, but maybe that's crazy too. No, because I used to follow her and like when that happened, and it was because she's like really into amusement parks and stuff. And apparently yeah, she went on this roller coaster that like gave her whiplash. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. So, I mean, it just goes to show like, yes, this is dangerous. But like life in general is, life is dangerous. dangerous. Like you, you really don't know what's going to happen. Wow. Yeah. No, I did not know that at all. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I see your point. Yeah. It's, it, it's not like ballet, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's normal for parents like to be worried and stuff, but um, I think I just, I just had to accept that this role that my family like wanted me to be in, I, I just, I, I wasn't the person to fill that role. And sometimes that happens and that's okay. You know, you have expectations from people and it just doesn't work out. And we're family at the end of the day and you love each other regardless. So, Absolutely. I mean, 
that's just how it is. Like, I just had to grow up and accept, like, I, I mean, there was always that part of me that's like, oh my God, am I going to disappoint? But like I, like I said, you cannot go through life being someone you're not. It just, it doesn't work. You can't, like, I always, like, think about kind of like, um, like a wire. Like, if you tangle up a wire, like, it's, it's, like, maybe it'll roll up, like, a couple times, but it, it, the natural state of what it is is still going to be what it is. I don't know if I explained that right, but it, it's clearer in my head. Like, things are what they are and you can try to bend yourself and mold yourself into something that you're not but you you can't live like that like eventually you're gonna be who you are you know so I I just had to kind of accept that like and so did they right like they had to accept that I'm just I'm I'm not that person I'm not like the little shy princess girl that's you know like I like getting my hands dirty I want to wrestle I want to (laughs) fight like I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, um, just as time goes on, you know, time heals all wounds, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you actually uh, go about pursuing, uh, you, you said the first set of training you did, it kind of got interrupted by the pandemic, but how did you go about pursuing that? So when I went initially, like, pre-pandemic the school that I went to it was really I was just talking to my friend my best friend um about how much I love it and I I can't imagine my life without wrestling and like oh how can I go through life without even giving like my biggest dream a chance right so she actually I was gonna wonder at that point yeah yeah I like, I just didn't want to. I, at that point, I was already wondering. I already felt like, oh, my time has passed. And it was it was just weighing on me really heavy. So I'm like, okay, I really, like, I, I have to do this. And it was actually my friend who went behind my back and messaged the school and was like, hey, my friend's coming in on this day. <laughs> and she just told me, and I was like, okay, like, I guess we're going. And that's how, like, my first set of training started pre-pandemic. Um And then when that year was coming to a close, like I had paid for the year, I paid for two years there, but the pandemic was still going strong. Um, And also I felt like, uh, I mean, everybody learns differently. And I felt like I needed a different style of teaching, so to speak. So I was looking around at other schools and I ended up, you know, stumbling across IWS and I went to um like a little student show that they had to kind of watch uh and speedball Mike Bailey was there oh nice yeah impact, so impact uh, division champion or former impact division champion yeah so that was cool and then I went to a practice and he was coaching it and I was like you know what maybe this is where I want to be so um and it, it was just completely different from my first experience. It was so focused on wrestling. Um, the second practice that I went into, like Andrew, who's my coach, Shane Hawk, um, he was like, oh, we're doing that. I'm just supposed to scream, Andrew. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> so, yeah, Andrew, 
was like he he he's like yeah you're gonna have a match today and I'm like what like I I can't do it like I was like really trying my hardest to get out of it I was like because you essentially like you're performing these in front of your other classmates and at that point I just I was so scared you know I I didn't like I said I I I learned how to like become an athlete per se like in my first school, but I, I didn't really learn how to wrestle. I didn't have moves. I, I, I didn't know how to structure a match. So I'm like, how am I, how am I going to do this? And I actually got paired up with Kristara, the sweetest P. <laughs> and um, she basically like walked me through that match. And I just remember feeling like so freaking accomplished and glad that I did it I'm like wow like I just had a match like that's crazy and that was my second practice so after I started at IWS like things snowballed so quickly you know like I started in February like at the end of February it was February 22nd I remember and literally um in April I had a booking and then in May, I had my first championship match. Like, it happened so quickly. And the thing about it is I was ready. Like, you know, my my coach, like, I didn't feel ready. But this is, this is one of the things that, like, m- helped me, like, build a trust in Andrew as well. Because I naturally, when you care about something, you feel scared and you're like, oh, am I ready? Am I good enough? Blah, blah, blah. But any position that he has put me in, I have been ready for at the end of the day. So now it's like, whenever he tells me like, you can do it. Like, I'm like, you know what? You're probably right because you haven't been wrong so far. So wow, that really helped me like build a trust in him and also myself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had Shane Hawk on the podcast recently and he just has such a good head for the business. Like I can, I can really understand, yeah. you know, he puts you in positions that he knows that you're ready for. I can see that he just, he's incredible. And he just, he's really smart to wrestling. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm, I feel really blessed to have a coach that I can like go to with every little concern. And, you know, like even when it comes to having a bad day or having like a rough mental health, day or a week or whatever you know this is someone you can go to and he's going to understand he's not going to let you slack he's not going to let you give up on yourself but he's not going to push you in an aggressive way you know he like he knows what he's doing he knows how to handle the students and they're you know like whatever they're going through and that's just such a blessing because he doesn't have to do that you know it's not part of his job description yeah, right, exactly. But he cares he cares about his students a lot, you know. He goes he goes the extra mile for them. So that's super yeah. cool. That's super awesome. How did you how did you end up discovering his school? I think um well, there were kids who there were students from my first school who switched over. So okay. I kind of had an idea in my head about that. And obviously like who hasn't heard of IWS? Like they're right. it's it's especially, it's like I mean, especially you're, you're, in in Quebec, in Quebec. Montreal, yeah. yeah that's one of the places like you want to be um and at that point I was really looking into every single school you know so I, I I looked into a bunch of schools I emailed a bunch of schools I went to a bunch of different places and did like a trial practice and this place just stuck out to me the most and I'm like I I just felt like this is the place I need to be and I'm really yeah. glad that I chose 
that place to be. That's incredible. That's incredible. I like that a lot. Yeah. So how did how did it feel to get out there and have like have some matches right off the bat, even even have a championship match pretty quickly into your career? I mean, it's really, it's uh, like, I don't, I don't think I can find the words. Like you think, you imagine it, right? Like as a fan, you imagine it a million times, but it's just, it's just different. It's, it's the craziest thing because right before, like, especially in those first couple of matches, standing behind the curtain, knowing that I'm next was the worst feeling. I, I literally was like, I'm never doing this again. I don't know why I'm torturing myself like this. I'm about to throw up. Like, it, it's horrible. Like, your heart is beating out of your chest. You know, you just want to do good. You don't want to hurt anyone. You don't want to get hurt. It's it's like a lot. Yeah. But as soon as you start, you you get out there, it's like everything just disappears you know, and you're like, oh, this is, this is what I've been searching for my whole entire life. Like, this is it, you know? So it's crazy. And then it's a cycle. Like you go back, you're behind the curtain. You're like, oh my God, I'm never doing this again. And then you do it and you're like, when can I do it again? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just wild. I can definitely speak to that because, you know, I do stand up comedy. And so, you know, in front of, there's a crowd, I'm behind the curtain and I'm next, I'm like nervous and I'm like, I can't do this. What am I doing? What am I even doing here? And then as soon as you step off, you know, you step onto the stage and you say that first thing into the microphone and it gets a laugh, you're just like, all right, I'm in this, this," you know? And then you just, it's that rush that just, you know, from being on the, in the, on the stage and just having everybody's attention and just doing your thing and just excelling at it i love it i could speak to that so i love that i love that feeling yeah that, that you brought up because I, I feel the same thing about comedy sometimes even to this day yeah yeah for sure like if you love something you know you're gonna put up with those moments of where you're like questioning your whole life behind the curtain like oh what what am i doing with my life but as soon if you love it like when you go out there and you feel that you're like I know exactly why I put up with it. You know, it's like, you really have to love it to put up with that kind of torturous, like agony. But that's why they, even with wrestling, that they tell you that all the time. You have to love it. You really do. Because who in their right mind would put their body, their mind, their, you know, sacrifice their relationships, their life. Right. Yep. A lot of risk physically, mentally. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, who, who's going to keep doing that if they don't love it? Like who in their right mind <laughs> is going to keep putting up with that just for no reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they're not going to do it for the glitz and glamour because there's not a lot of, you know, the beginnings, there's not a lot of that, you know, until you, no, yeah. you get up it's... a little higher. So yeah, no, it's true. You have to love it to put your body through all that risk. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tell us about, uh, I mean, wrestling is also character. You know, tell us about your character a little bit. You're the the brightest light in the room. You're Danny Leo. Um, how did that kind of come about? How did you develop that? Um, so I'd say I'm still really in the process of, like, finding my character um, and, like, kind of, like, unlearning, like I said, what the world told me that I should be. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, like tap into who I remember I was like as a child you know I was dramatic I was expressive like I was the kid that like if there was a a family party I always wanted to do a performance you know like I I prepared a dance like everybody look at me so 
as far as the brightest light in the room, that's something like just when I was with my friends and stuff, I, I would just say that all the time. You know, I would like walk like if my friends are somewhere, I'd like walk into the room and I'd be like, I just brighten the room, like just being my dramatic self. And, you know, they say like wrestling character should be you turned up to 11. Absolutely. So it's really about finding yourself and just being the most you you can be, you know? So like, I'm still trying to piece that together, but for now it's, it's just that like, when I walk into a room, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people feel welcome. I I, want to have this presence where when I leave, people are like, oh, you know, like, I I remember that girl, you know, like she made an impact on me. Um, Obviously, when I'm a bad guy, I I use it in a bad way. So people can make an impact on you in a negative way too, you know, like, oh, that girl was kind of (laughs) mean. Or like she was really conceited or cocky, you know. So it it works both ways. And it's just, it's really fun to just, because that character is just me trying to be the whole room, like swallow the room, right? Like this is, I'm going to be the center of attention. And honestly, like playing that is fun. Like I just get to be super dramatic and super like, everybody look at me. Like that's fun to play as a character. Definitely. Yeah. Turning the heads, getting the attention, Right. I do. I do like that. And I, I totally respect that you're still kind of developing and still kind of finding it because, you know, in, in wrestling, you have to find your voice, not just on the in the mat on the mat, but like also in your character. And same yeah. thing with comedy. Right. You have to find your voice. And it takes they say they say instead of comedy, uh, you don't know what you're doing for uh, 10 years for the first 10 years you're just learning and you're just developing. And then once wow. 10 years hits, then that's when you really like you know how to be a comedian, you know? And so the same thing yeah. with wrestling, maybe it's not 10 years, maybe it's six years or five years, but uh, I do see that there's a, there's a learning curve here and you're definitely, uh, you definitely have a lot of time to to find your footing and find your voice. Yeah. I, I actually, I've heard the same thing said for wrestling and you're right. It, I've heard it five years. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I think it could, it could be different for everyone, you know, but um yeah, I'm definitely still working yeah, on I'm it. Sure and, it's different for everyone. Like, I'm sure yeah. there's some some comedians who, you know, they reach superstar after a year or two, whatever. You know, same exactly. Thing wrestling. But yeah, for sure. But yeah, I you know, you still got plenty of time to, to really find that that footing and that voice. Yeah, I think also it's just important to never stop learning. So I never want to be in a place where I'm like, okay, I, I got this. You know, yeah. I, I want my character to keep evolving. I want her to, you know, reach new heights and just every single year be doing better. So I don't think I'm ever going to be in a place where I'm like, I've found my character. This is her. She's here to stay. I mean, you mentioned Becky Lynch earlier. And when she was introduced on NXT, she was Riverdance. You know? Yeah. Crazy, eh? She evolved to, uh, was it steampunk kind of person? And it just kept going and she's still evolving and her character's still still moving and she's still probably even learning to this day, you know? So yeah, Yeah. the the top of the business are still doing that too. Yeah, for sure. Let's, you, you have to keep, I, I think like, this is one of those things where you can't ever know everything it's, it, it, it's changed. Like we were talking about even women's wrestling and wrestling in general has changed so much so how can you know everything it's 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 moving constantly yeah yeah it's true it's true 
Um, how would you summarize, you know, we're not quite a full year yet. You said you started training in February. We're not quite a full year yet, but how would you summarize kind of your first year as a professional wrestler? Wow. I mean, I, I think in January, I could not have imagined that I would have done all the things that I've done. Like in January, I literally was ready to just say, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it's never going to work out. I I really was so on the brink of just giving up. And the fact that I got to wrestle in front of 1500 people, just like at the beginning of this month, like that's that's, incredible. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I I, I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. Like that's how I know also that I'm in the right place because it's just beyond what I could have expected. You know, you, you obviously like you have hopes and goals and dreams and stuff, but this is, I'm it makes me so excited for the future too, because I'm like, I truly have no idea where this can end up going. And that's such a fun, like place to be in. Yeah. Right. I mean, going, like you said, going into 2022, you had no idea where you'd be here and now where are you going to go from here? Yeah, exactly. So I think to summarize, I would just, I would just say unreal. <laughs> it's been unreal. Yeah, no, I can see that. Absolutely. Um, what about, what about future stuff? What, uh, what do you want to be doing? What are your goals for the 2023? So for 2023, I think um, I really want to expand and like travel more. I want to be able to wrestle new people, like, just like on an elevated level, I want to keep growing and getting better. Um, obviously, I'm in IWS, so the IWS Women's Championship is right there. Like Ooh. i i can't I can't lie and say that I haven't been looking at you know Melanie Havoc, our current champion, like just eyeing her. So um, obviously, that uh, even with IWS in general, we're doing so many cool things and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's just like, I want to be a constant and consistent part of that team. And I want to keep doing, I I want to be at the level where I can keep being part of it as it grows. I want to grow along with it, you know? So for sure that, and yeah, traveling, getting out there more, getting more known and just, even building a respect um, among my peers and among fans, you know, like I, it's a different kind of special when someone that you admire is like, Hey, like you had a good match or you have potential, you're doing good. That's that hits a little different. So for sure, that's also part of my goals. Like I obviously like you want, I, I want the fans to enjoy it. The people who come to see to enjoy it. That's, that's the main purpose, you know, but I also want the my peers, people backstage to be like, okay, you know, like you're doing, you're doing good. You're, you're getting better. I, I, I that would mean a lot to me too. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Uh, do you have anything uh, coming up? Do you have any projects you're working on or anything coming up? Any matches announced? So I am going to Cambridge, Ontario um, this Saturday, on January 6th, I believe it's this Saturday. Um, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to be on the show there and they're doing like YouTube tapings, which is, it's always, it's always fun. Like when you're part of a show that like 
there's storytelling involved and, you know, character work, like we said, and stuff like that. So I'm really excited for that. Also, it's going to be my first time um, in Cambridge. That's at Crossbody um, Wrestling. Uh, and January 21st, I believe we have an IWS show. So um, whether I'm on that show or not, I'm I'm going to be there. That's my, <laughs> you know, home promotion. Yeah. But um yeah, so we'll see, you know, it's the holidays right now. So I, it's, that's just what it is right now. It's a little bit slower in terms of wrestling, but you know, there's a lot of stuff. I, I do have bookings coming up in 2023, February, March, April. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be good. Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you're out there. You're doing some cool stuff. You're having some fun with it and you're getting some experience. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my goal right now, you know, like get as much experience as possible, just get comfortable, the more comfortable I am, the more I can, you know, like unlock these newer levels of myself, so to speak, you know, the less you're in your head, the more you can show yourself. Yeah, I do, I, I do for sure, like, feel like there's a lot in me that the world hasn't seen yet. So I'm hoping in 2023, I can you know, show more of like what I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. Well, cheers to 2023. Um, thank you so much for being, uh, for being on the podcast. It was super fun talking to you. Thank you. Yeah. It was really fun. You want to uh, plug some social media? Uh, sure. Um, Instagram and Twitter is the underscore Danny Leo and I'm not on TikTok or anything, but maybe one day soon. <laughs> maybe someday. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to commit yeah to like yeah. that many so but yeah it's Instagram and Twitter the underscore Danny Leo. Hell yeah, go follow Danny Leo, you guys. She's super awesome and uh she's taking bookings in 2023, so that's exciting. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you can find me at Funky San Medina. Uh you can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWN Podcast. Hell yeah. Thanks, Danny. It was super fun. Thank you so much.